This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. After experiencing trauma, I went to therapy and my therapist guided me through a difficult time in my life. They helped me understand what was happening and provided me with tools to cope and find my own strength and resilience. Their experience and compassion were invaluable and enabled me to rebuild my life and move forward. I strongly believe in the power of therapy to help people through difficult times. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who is trained to listen and give you helpful, unbiased advice. First, you go to their site. You can use my link, betterhelp.com resilience. You answer a few questions and BetterHelp will match you to a professional who has years of experience helping people with struggles just like yours. Let BetterHelp connect you to a therapist who can support you, all from the comfort of your own home. Visit betterhelp.com slash resilience or choose podcast, then notes on resilience during sign up and enjoy a special discount on your first month. From the ground up or from up down to the bottom level, people are afraid. They are not dealing with their own mess. And the more you go up in the corporate ladder, it seems that the more rigid you become, the more blocked you become, the less time you have to deal with you. You have to worry about so many things where you tend to not worry about you. We've lost touch of self. Hello, and welcome to Notes on Resilience. I'm your host, Manya Chilinski. My guest today is Naisha Williams. She is a mental well-being expert adjunct professor, humanitarian author, life coach, a NAMI board member, and she has an unwavering commitment to mental health and mental well-being. We had a fabulous conversation about resiliency, about the importance of self-care and self-compassion, and a lot about how do we show up in the world. I hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and leave us a review. And in the show notes, there's a link to a Google form. We would love your feedback, what you like about the podcast, maybe what you wish we'd do differently. Thanks for listening. Hi, Naisha. I'm so thrilled that you and I are talking today. Thanks for being here. You're very, very welcome, Maya. Thank you so much for having me. There's a question I ask all my guests before we get into the who are you question. And that is, if you could have any superpower, what would that be? (laughs) Okay. So if you were to ask younger Naisha up until about five years ago, it would be telekinesis. That would be my superpower. Okay. Um, But I think I've kind of manifested that power. And it's heavy. (laughs) Um, So my superpower today will be exactly what I believe I have already. And that is the superpower of my voice. My voice is my superpower. I believe in the power of truth telling. So that would be the superpower that I would love to continue to have. Oh, I love it. I love it. And (laughs) I'm glad that you have that superpower. Um, We need more people who are truth telling and using their voices to share. So thank thank you for that. So tell me who you are and why is it that you and I are chatting about resiliency today? My goodness, this question always gets me. 
who am I? I am a wife, a mother, a community leader, a lover of love. I am a young Black girl here pushing through all of the adversity that was given to me and living gracefully without any grudges or malicious feelings towards anything or anyone. I am a powerhouse in my own right. I am someone who believes in healing. I am someone who believes in authenticity. I am Naisha D. Williams. Wow. (laughs) I am someone who was honored to be speaking to you today. Thank you. And thank you for sharing. And now I think resiliency is a topic that you are intimately acquainted with. So how do you define resiliency? That's a good question. Um, How do I define resiliency? Resiliency to me is the ability to withstand Mm -hmm. gracefully. And that is something or quality that no matter what you go through, you are able to find the lesson in it, create a plan to get out of it, and provide yourself with grace that you've withstood it. That's resiliency to me. I like that definition. And I like you've mentioned the concept of grace a couple of times. And tell me why that is important. It is so important to me because. I remember how it felt when I did not give myself grace. Mm -hmm. Since a very young age, I felt like that's all I was, was resilient. I was facing a lot of adversity, a lot of trials, a lot of tribulations, a lot of challenges. I seen so much. And because I was in these particular positions, I was so angry at myself. I was so mad that I made these decisions, not understanding that I was only navigating life the best way I knew how. Mm -hmm. And that is what I needed in order for me to continue to heal my inner child and to continue to take it day by day, right? Now, providing myself with grace, I can say, this baggage is not mine, Mm -hmm. right? Yes, this load is not mine to carry. This is just my current circumstance. This is how I plan to get out of it. And I don't have to hold on to it moving forward. Wow. That must have been such an amazing feeling when you realized that. Um, yeah. On a somatic level, I mean, I lost weight. <laughs> I gained better friendships. I started achieving in ways that I wanted to achieve. So yes, it felt amazing. And one of the things you said is is so important. You said... I'm navigating the life that I've been given. I'm navigating what is happening around me. Because, you know, we talk about personal resiliency, but we all exist within a society and within institutions and within organizations. And they have an impact on who we are and how resilient we can be or that we need to be. Right. I agree. I agree. So... What do you think people misunderstand about the concept of resilience? I think sometimes people equate resilience to rigidness. 
Mm-hmm. I think that when people believe that they have to be resilient, they create this wall mm-hmm. as a way to defend anything that resembles what made them resilient in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I disagree. I think that two things can be truthful at the same time. I've been able to be resilient in the way that I have the capacity to withstand certain things, but I am also soft and open enough to embrace what life brings me. Mm -hmm. And I find that sometimes when people think about this word resilience, it kind of keeps them from living in the now or being in the moment. Yeah, that's interesting. In what way do you think that can keep people from living in the moment? I'll speak on uh, what I found with myself. Okay. The misconception of resilience for me when I was younger, before I really made the decision to be diligent in my healing, I did not practice forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And that was me being what I thought was resilient. I'm going to create these non-negotiables and these boundaries, but I really wasn't creating healthy boundaries, right? I was just saying, you look like, you sound like, you remind me of someone that hurt me, so I'm not even going to have a conversation. You look like, you sound like an institution or an organization that I am believed to not embrace, so I will not be in alignment And that kept me from connecting to so many different people. Mm -hmm. And the moment I decided to forgive, not as a gift for other people, but for myself, I started to soften. And I can walk in these doors of places where I was told that I shouldn't. I can have conversations with people that I was raised to believe that I shouldn't be having conversations with. And I made powerful connections. And I've learned so much about people by choosing to really learn what resilience meant, really learn what forgiveness meant, and then really learn what connectivity was all about. Yes. As you were saying that, it's so human to want to push away somebody or something that reminds you of the thing that hurt you. And it takes a lot of work to move past that. It so does. <laughs> I, I can imagine the kind of work that you have done. Now, you mentioned institutions. We've touched on this a little bit, but what do you think is the role of our systems, our institutions, society at large in, you know, helping people be resilient and in not sort of squashing down people's resilience? Mm, that's a really good question. And I believe these institutions have to bring a humanistic side. Mm-hmm. I am a firm believer in storytelling and truth telling. And when we understand that vulnerability is a superpower as well, we can go a long way. So these people behind these institutions that want to squash, like you said, versus creating safe spaces to unpack to be truthful about their experiences and then create a space where they can guide others that may have similar experiences, I think we can be in a better place. Um, We stay, the people that run certain institutions stay behind that building. They stay behind that wall. And I think when we choose bravery to come from behind the wall and say, hey, we've made a mistake. 
hey, we are ignorant to this particular situation. We are willing and will love to learn. Just that act can go a very, very, very long way. Ah, but why does it seem, at least from, from my perspective, from the outside, why does it seem so hard for some organizations and some institutions to really lean into this? For me, so I do a lot of corporate wellness work and from the ground up or from up down to the bottom level, people are afraid. They are not dealing with their own mess. And the more you go up in the corporate ladder, it seems that the more rigid you become, the more blocked you become, the less time you have to deal with you. Right. Mm -hmm. You have so much fluff that's going on. You got to worry about bylaws. You got to worry about branding. You got to worry about imagery. You have to worry about so many things where you tend to not worry about you. And Mm -hmm. if we can start going back to the mirror and remembering where we were when, I think it can change a lot. So as far as the difficulty and why it's not happening, we've lost touch of self. We've lost touch of self. There's so many adults navigating this life still as little children. And that, once we start healing our little girl, the little girl or the little boy, then we we can see a change. Yeah. Thank you. That really rings true to me. And I it gives me hope that we can make these bigger changes. But as you say. To make the bigger changes, we actually have to individually decide to make a change. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Wow. Okay. So what is an important lesson about resilience or compassion, maybe, that you've learned through your experiences? Ooh, compassion. When I think about the word compassion, I think about something that I say all the time to the young girls that I come across, be the change that you want to see. Mm -hmm. And how does that work? You start with self-compassion, be compassionate to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. If you see that someone is having a hard time or there's a, a matter in which you have the strength, capacity, and power to assist in, be compassionate to that person or people in that situation. And you will start to see that when you give to self and when you give to others in a way that you know to be true, it's like a ripple effect, right? You create a group that does it. Then you can create city that does it, a community that does it. The state does it at large. And I think that, um, yeah, that's what comes to mind when I think about compassion. I found myself doing that growing up. Mm-hmm. And I think that that helped me a lot with breaking through some of the barriers that I've created for myself to remain compassionate, to move with care. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that, that that is something that I applaud my younger self for doing. <laughs> and I hope that others understand the power in, in using this act. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, something that you said reminds me of a conversation I've had with someone recently. You said to be compassionate when you have the ability 
to do that because sometimes taking care of ourselves or the way that we show up in the world means we have to maybe not care about everything that's happening. And I know that sounds really cruel, but I was just speaking with a friend about, if you look at the news, there are a lot of really difficult things happening in a lot of places. And if if you had compassion for all of them mm-hmm. or a deep level of caring about every one of these things, you wouldn't be able to do anything else. So it's finding that balance of, of having that compassion, having self-care, and also, you know, still appreciating that other people are going through difficulties. How do you navigate that? Oh, simply this is too much for me to carry. And Naisha, it's okay if you cannot carry this. As an empath, I feel everything, everything. And I know that it seems like this is the wave. Everybody wants to say that they're an empath, but through and through, I feel it. I can sense it before someone can see it or before I can see it. And for a lot of years, I tried to help everyone sit on every cause to be there. And if something is going on, I mean, it was crippling Mm -hmm. to the point where I couldn't effectively show up. Right. And that's similar to, I was raised in the inner city in New Jersey, and I made the decision to move my family from New Jersey to California and no one understood it. How can you do this? How can you do this? You're leaving, you're leaving. You know, you've built this community in your city and you're helping so many people. And that in that moment, I knew that I was holding too much. I was witnessing too much. I was seeing too much. I had to step away. And I think that's what we have to do when we see so much that's going on in social media and the news. We have to step away to show compassion for ourselves and say, how can you show up for yourself? in a way that you can, in a healthy manner, then show up for others. Mm -hmm. And if it's too much for you to see on social media, if it's too much for you to see on the news, you know, there's so many people like, you should be advocating. And it's like, what if something happens to me? How can I effectively advocate? I have to breathe first. Mm -hmm. I have to find a way that I'm clear So I can say, okay, this resonates, this work, I can show up in this capacity. If it becomes overwhelming, I may have to step away again because you want the effectiveness, right? You want the intentionality to happen. You want me to be intentional, impeccable with my word. I can only do that if I'm right. Right, right. And, you know, in the in this world of social media and the 24-7 news cycle and all this information that's coming at us, I think it's in some ways built this expectation that we all will respond to all of these things when they happen. And it isn't possible in a, to do that in a healthy way for an individual. Everyone has their strengths. Yeah. And I learned some time ago, a very long time ago, but what I really realized it was when George Floyd happened, Mm -hmm. I, was not in the street marching. Mm -hmm. I was not. I get it. I respect it. I understand the people that did, but I didn't have the mental capacity for that. Mm -hmm. I knew my strength and I knew that 
I can create safe spaces for people when they left the street, mm-hmm. when they needed to cry, when they needed to unpack, when they needed to uh, find a place where they can be vulnerable to gain their strength again to go back out. And we have to understand, especially like you said, on this 24-7 cycle of news, some people just handle it differently. Yeah. That's it. You know, I actually don't watch the news. I get the news of the big things. Eventually you will hear something big enough that you need to know. But I realized, um, especially after the bombing, that it just was too much for me and to handle the other people's pain in the world. And I take it on too much. So to be healthy and to be able to do the work that I do, I have to build that barrier. And for the longest time, almost nobody I knew understood that. Wow. Wow. And with everything in life, the I believe that some do understand it. I do. But I also feel that when you say I can't, it sounds like something different to them. And they're upset at the different right? They're upset at what they hear, not what you're saying. Yeah. That's you know? that's a great way to think about that's, it. Yeah. I believe that's what it is. When Manya says, I just cannot hold this. This is too heavy for me. Jason or Jessica, she heard something completely different and she's mad at what she heard. Yes. Manya is just trying to show up for herself, right? We are just trying to show up for ourselves, because we want to show up for the world, but we also know that right. We, have, right, we have to do this first. Right. Yeah. And, you know, more power to the people who can do the things of like course. go to the rallies and march and do the signs. And I think that's great. That has never been me, but I'm so in awe of people that that's the way they want to show up in the world. Mm-hmm. And you're right what you're saying. There's room for all of us. We yes. all have a role. But it can be hard sometimes when somebody that you know or trust doesn't want to take the same role that you do. Mm. I think. And that goes back to compassion. You, How dare I force what I do upon you? Yeah. If this is not the role that resonates with you and it carries or showcases your strength and, and it will keep you in a place where you get the job done, but you can still go home and, and be at peace. How dare I say, oh, this is what you should be doing, although this is a disservice to you. <laughs> no. Yeah. My, my responsibility as a human is to create space for you and say, in what capacity can you show up? In what ways can you show up? How can I be of service for you so we can move as a collective? And you do the same thing for me. So we can execute, right? We can we can really create an impactful change. But if we're all doing the same thing, baby, what about the other barriers? <laughs> what right. Oh, somebody has to feed and support the people who oh, are doing it. Oh, my goodness. So. Yes. Well, Naisha, what is giving you hope now? What is giving me hope? That is a really good question. Um, the pockets of goodness that I see. Mm-hmm. There is still good that's happening in the world. 
And if I can see it, if I can hear it, if I can be a part of it, that gives me hope that I can see, hear, and be a part of it on a larger scale. Mm -hmm. There are people, all of us, we want to do good. Yeah. We want to do good. We want to know good. We want to be, we want, we want good. We crave good. Sometimes we're just afraid of how to go about doing it. Yeah. And if we can continue to create these spaces where the fear becomes crippling for our community, where we can say it's safe, it's safe to be okay, we can have those quote unquote soldiers, right? We can have the people on the street. We can have the mental health professionals. We can have the practitioners. We can have all of that if we just move as if we are to create the safe space, mm -hmm. right? We don't, we don't have to have a large congregation. We can just be the congregation. We can just be the safe space for other people. So when you come across a Manio, when you come across a Naisha, she has learned to be compassionate. She has learned to be um, a loving individual. She has learned to represent what it looks like to be there for self and for community. And if you just interact with us, then that will then give you hope and inspiration to do that for the next person. Oh, I love it. Yay. I, <laughs> I want that to be my answer too. And we're getting close to the end. So I would love to know, what would you tell your 18 year old self about resiliency? I would tell my 18 year old self that being resilient can be a good thing. It is a good thing. But wearing it as a badge of armor in a way that it prevents you from receiving good is not something that you need to hold. Yeah. Do you think your 18-year-old self would have understood that? I think my 18-year-old self would have cried and then worked to understand it. Yeah. Without a doubt. I know my 18-year-old self would have loved for someone to say that to her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Naisha, we're at the end of our time and I'm sad about that because I'm loving talking to you. Um, before we sign off, please tell our listeners how they can reach you and learn more about you and your work. So you can visit my website, which is NaishaWilliams.com. That's N as in Nancy, Y-E-E-S as in Sam, H-A, Williams.com. On every platform on social media, my handle is Naisha D. So that's Naisha D as in Deborah. Excellent. Well, we'll put links in the show notes so people can get to you easily. Thank yes. you so much. I've really enjoyed our conversation. You're so very welcome. Thank you for having me again, Anya. Right. And thanks to our listeners. And I will see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening. I hope you got as much out of this conversation as I did. So if you'd like to learn more about me, Manya Chilinski, I work with organizations to help understand how to create environments where people can thrive after difficult life experiences. And I do this through talks and consulting. I'm a survivor of mass violence, and I use my experience to help leaders learn about resiliency, compassion, and trauma-sensitive leadership to build strategies to enable teams to thrive and be engaged amidst difficulty and turmoil. If this is something you want to learn more about, visit my website, 
www.manyachilinski.com, email me at manya at manyachilinski, or stop by my social media on LinkedIn and Twitter. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening. I hope you got as much out of this conversation as I did. So if you'd like to learn more about me, Manya Chilinski, I work with organizations to help understand how to create environments where people can thrive after difficult life experiences. And I do this through talks and consulting. I'm a survivor of mass violence, and I use my experience to help leaders learn about resiliency, compassion, and trauma-sensitive leadership, to build strategies to enable teams to thrive and be engaged amidst difficulty and turmoil. If this is something you want to learn more about, visit my website, www.manyachilinski.com, or email me at manya at manyachilinski, or stop by my social media on LinkedIn and Twitter. Thanks so much. Talk soon.